Canadians know the national anthem. They stand in silence to remember those who died for this country. But not every Canadian knows their rights and freedoms. The Freedom Passport will change that. It looks and feels like a Canadian passport, but contains the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms in a portable, easy-to-read format. The Freedom Passport. Order one for yourself and for all the freedom lovers that you love at freedompassport.ca. Well, I asked, where's the beef? Let's call this for what this is. Oh, my God. <laughs> they are so hopelessly woke. How dare you? <laughs> that is the intellectual capital of the left today. Give me a break. You are now watching the Daily Roundup. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Daily Roundup on this, a Thursday, April 6, 2023. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. Do you know what, folks? Today is National Sorry Charlie Day. It's a day where we're supposed to reflect on all the times we've been rejected, whether it's a sweetheart or a college or a bank or a prospective employer. My friend does not observe National Sorry Charlie Day. She's never been rejected. She's that darn lovable. She is the she-devil with a slingshot. She is the Khaleesi of the greater Coburg area. She is Tamara Ugolini. Hey there, Tamara. Hey, David, you know, I have to correct you. I have been rejected a few times, and that includes my reporting for Rebel News. <laughs> I guess if you're triggered, I've only been rejected by triggered liberals, let's be honest. I um, never thought about that, but I'll tell you this <laughs> it much. It brings me back to uh, a report I did uh, locally at our, one of our local restaurants, which, funny enough, I used to work at the Mill Restaurant and Pub in Coburg, um, where Anita Anand was attending a schmoozy liberal, yes. liberal event. And we staked out there for, gosh, I think it was almost two hours um, before the, the the police were waiting just around the corner to see how the situation would unfold. Um, but that that sticks out of my mind as being a time I was re I was rejected, prevented entry, and um, being sort of denounced as a I think far right extremist <laughs> by gatekeeper Ben. Oh, that was an interesting report for anyone who who wants to check that out. Maybe we can throw it up on the screen or put a link in the chat if you're not familiar. Well, Tamara, that is what's known as the statistical anomaly, uh, because other than that, <laughs> you, you're, you're, you're batting a thousand. For me, holy smokes, Tamara, yes. I really should have taken the day off. I mean, I need that much time to reflect on how many times I've been rejected by banks, prospective employers, colleges, and especially sweethearts, let me tell you that. I'm still shell-shocked to this day over that. But I digress. Tamara, what is it that we're hopefully trying to do here today? Yes, other than condemning our own woes, we are getting into <laughs> <laughs> some, uh, well, first and foremost, some, some crazy transgenderism. Um, but before we get into that, let's just do a little bit of housekeeping. So for anyone who's just tuning in to our daily roundup, this is a way for us to sort of dissect the news of the day for an hour uh, live with you, our viewers. And we are currently streaming on a few different platforms. So YouTube, the Sensorious Thugs of Silicon Valley. Uh, Rumble, Odyssey, Getter, and now even Twitter. So you can join us on any of those platforms. And since we do have a large following on YouTube, we like to make sure that we capture all of you. But if we get into some COVID nitty gritty, which we may 
get into towards the end of the stream. We will have to cut our YouTube channel and switch over to one of those other platforms because we've been completely demonetized by YouTube. If you don't already know, um, I suppose, for questioning the science and engaging in what certain Silicon Valley enthusiasts would deem as wrong think and wrong speech. So I would suggest that you just head on over to one of those other platforms, join us there. And they also offer a great way for you to engage with us directly through hyper chats or super chats. Um, so that's a way for you to give a small monetary donation to us to help us in our independent journalism because we don't take handouts from our government. We are not state broadcasters. We are independent journalists and an independent media company. So we rely on your generosity and your donations to stay afloat. So if you give us $5 or more, you can have your opinion read on screen and you can tell us what you think of our opinions or give your own, um, get some feedback, give us any tips. So I encourage everyone to go on to one of those platforms and use that. We also have a current initiative. There is a new documentary in the making. Our in-house documentarian, Kian Simone, is working to produce a comprehensive feature film in conjunction with our chief editor, Sheila Gunn-Reed, called Church Under Fire, Canada's War on Christianity. So you can head on over to savethechristians.com to find out more about that documentary. And of course, chip in if you're able to, as we're crowdfunding for their travel and to cover all of the technical expenses with the production of this documentary. But it's basically, it will feature the abuse that Christian pastors have faced from tyrannical governments, especially here in Canada, leading up to and during the COVID-19 pandemic. So there will be some really great highlights and some um, kind of where are they now um, pieces intermeshed in there. So check, check it out at savethechristians.com. And then even after that, once we end this stream, which we're hoping to do right uh, timely manner at 2 p.m. Eastern, we will be featuring an exclusive series of Roxham Road reports. So that's uh, Canada's infamous illegal border crossing coming from our star Quebec reporter, Alexa Lavoie, and video producer, Lincoln J. Um, it will premiere right after we are done this stream. So if you'd like to stick around, you can check that out and or you can head on over to exposeroxamroad.com and find out all of the reports there. But the latest will be premiering when we're done here, hopefully right on time at 2 p.m. Eastern. So all of that stuff aside. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so happy you remembered that all, uh, Tamara. Super producer Efren mentioned to me that I should suggest uh, those reminders to our audience. And uh, as Roger Clemens would say, I already misremembered everything. So thank you for <laughs> bailing me out here. But so our first topic, because it's the it, it never ends and it just gets worse and worse. It's the ongoing virus no, not COVID-19. I speak of transanity. And, um, you know, Tamara, we, we've got a, a video clip. Uh, the Durham District School Board, which is one mm -hmm. of the wackier school boards out there in Ontario, and considering I'm including uh, the Waterloo Regional School Board and, of course, the Halton District School Board, home of Busty Lemieux, and the solution, by the way, folks, if you want an update, uh, they don't know what to do uh, with him anymore, except tell him to stay at home, get his full salary and benefits yeah. and presumably pension, because we have no idea how long he's going to remain at home. So uh, that's where the uh, the big breasted shop teacher is right now. But 
This is interesting. A library department head, Shane Stagg. Shane Stagg, it sounds like a, a male porno performer, <laughs> you ask me. Uh, he, uh, he says society must fight to end hyper-femininity. I don't know what hyper-femininity is. I think I have a theory as to what it might be. Why don't we run this um, minute-long clip and try to make sense of it on the other side, Tamara? District 13 recognizes the significant harm rooted in our colonial past and the oh impacts God. of colonialism that continue to this day. Yeah. We must work hard to fight the strict binaries of gender rooted in patriarchal colonial systems. We must fight hyper-masculinity and hyper-femininity. We must challenge that gender is rooted in biology. <laughs> we must challenge the cultural norms of blueness and pinkness defining our expression <sighs> and genders. All sexism, homophobia, and transphobia are rooted in these strict binaries, and they must end. As we raise the transgender flag today, we gather in celebration of the richness, diversity, and gifts the trans community offer to us all. Um, you know, Tamara, I bet you a donut. This guy is a graduate of gender studies, because that seems like the playbook from start to finish what he was saying, but this hyper masculinity, um, is that the new word for toxic masculinity? And you know, mm -hmm. um, people like him are around today because there was a lot of toxic masculinity in conflicts like, oh, I don't know, the first world war, the second world war. Uh, otherwise, if we didn't have all that toxic masculinity, we're probably um, living under the flag of not the transgender community, but the swastika and speaking German. But, um, and, and then he talks about blueness and pinkness. I mean, buddy, pick a lane. Isn't that the color of the transgender flag? It's baby blue and pink and white. So, uh, you know, this is incredible. But when he talks about fight ending hyper femininity, you know, um, we have another clip and I'd love to run it too. It's Tulsi uh, Gabbard in the United States. And she tweeted out uh, a bit of her speech where she said, there is no greater ex, sorry, there is no greater expression of hatred and hostility towards women than to erase our existence as a category of people. Well done, Miss Gabbard. You know, this is what's going on. This is a war on women. This is a war on the family. You have biological male competing in female sports. You have biological males uh, doing time in female penitentiaries. By the way, not the other way around, Tamara, because if you, God forbid, were a convict and you say, I'm a man, I want to be in the male penitentiary. The guards don't want to be on triple duty every day uh, protecting you from getting uh, gang raped. So that's why it doesn't work the other way. This is unbelievable, this mumbo jumbo that this librarian is saying, who's part of a school board. No wonder Kids right now, they're not being educated, Tamara. They're being indoctrinated when they have to listen to garbage like this. Not just is this a part of the school board, but this is literally the department head, the library department head. 
This is the person in charge of choosing the materials that are currently available to children in their school libraries. And this is the thing that parents currently are expressing concern over are what are being called supplementary materials. And so it's all under the guise of inclusivity and tolerance and the transgender uh, nonsense that's really coming in and, and permeating our schools and affecting our very young children. And I mean, I would like to ask this person, Shane Stagg, what fighting strict binaries looks like. Because to me, <laughs> and as someone who speaks to these concerned parents, it's that we should be radicalizing children with the idea that gender is a social construct, that they can just be whoever they want to be willy nilly. They can identify as a hawk if they so pleased one day and then be uh, the other gender the next. But fighting strict binaries, as I have seen thus far in, in these people's minds, is sexualizing young children and forcing them into a box to label themselves as something that they should have no knowledge or concept of. These ideologies should be reserved for adults to robate to debate robustly. They should not be questioning and permeating the young impressionable minds of children. Um, the science is still very clear that there are two genders, yep. that they have physical, mental, emotional attributes, and the, the individuals who are willy-nilly going in this other direction are a very small small fringe minority, fraction of society. That's not to say that we need to disrespect adults or um, be rude and condemning to people who are struggling with mental illness and uh, issues with gender dysphoria and seeking out, you know, trying to identify who they are as a person. But I'm talking about adults. Let's leave the kids alone. Leave your ideologies, your polit politics at the door. And let's teach these kids and get them caught up in school because, yes, they're ABCs uh, and one, two, threes are lagging in comparison to you know, other developed nations. And uh, this, is, this is heavily concerning. But um, regardless, our government doesn't seem to care about that. They want to continue virtue signaling, flying the flag to the Wokies. And we can see that we have another video to share with you, which uh, comes from Ontario NDP MPP, Kristen Wong-Tam, who's also a Toronto councillor, where she presents a drag queen to speak on this new proposed legislation that will happen um, perhaps in Ontario, we're not sure yet, which will ban protests within 100 metres <laughs> of any drag queen event under the threat of a $25,000 fine. So we see this craziness happening also in Alberta, but it's now coming over to Ontario. I mean, are we really surprised? But let's roll this clip. We will not let fear win. <laughs> A world without trans people has never existed. A world without drag okay. has never existed, and it never will. Queer people have always been here amongst us. They are our co-workers. They are our brothers, our sisters. They are our mothers, our fathers. They are our families. Drag is art. Drag is culture. Drag is educational. Drag is creative. Drag is comedy, but drag is not a crime. My name is Scarlett Bobo, and thank you so much for your time. Drag wow. is educational. Yeah, really. I, I feel so sorry for that person, uh, Tamara. Looks like 
she was at the local Color Your World paint store and the <laughs> paint mixer exploded while she was walking by. Um, you know, when I first saw that group shot uh, organized uh, by Kristen Wan Tam, uh, she's now uh, a they them, by the way. I remember back in her city hall days, she was just a plain lesbian. But now it's a they them. I don't know what that includes. Uh, I can't even, uh, you know, decompartmentalize that. But, you know, I really thought this was a poster either for uh, the Munsters, the next generation, or the Adams Family <laughs> revisited. Um, I mean, look at that. It, oh, it, it's goodness. like it, it's like everyone's about ready to dance uh, to uh, the Monster Mash. And, and that poor little girl, <laughs> well, I think she's a girl. Yeah. Uh, could be a guy. You don't know anyway anymore. And, uh, you know, God forbid, you don't want to misgender anyone or use the wrong pronouns. That, that's that's uh, a capital crime, uh, Tamara. But this is indicative of what I've been saying for a couple of years now in terms of this trans movement. It's not about equal rights. It's about special rights. How dare this NDP MPP thinks that this is a this should be a protected class with a perimeter around it uh, that is um, you know immune to a protest that you know you're right this is the the garbage that's drifted over I guess with the westerly winds from Calgary with that kooky mayor um, sorry it doesn't work that way in a democracy because who else are we going to give this special protection to Tamara? Uh, pretty soon you won't be able to protest anywhere. You know what? I think that is the end goal, you know, to be quite mm -hmm. frank. We see with Bill C-11, uh, we're on pins and needles seeing who's going to get yanked and disciplined and fined. And I guess when it comes to off the internet platform in the public square, I guess there's going to be certain people that you can't or, or certain ideologies that you can't protest either. I don't even recognize yeah. this country sometimes, Tamara. Same. And well, we saw that precursor throughout the COVID narrative, right, where your right to assemble, your right to protest, your right to condemn government action and speak out against the harms that their policies are causing onto yourself and uh, the general public. All of that was was completely quashed and squashed and trampled yeah. on by our government and by the police. And so now we see this translating, <laughs> to put a play on words, um, over into this trans ideology. And, you know, the thing about this drag queen in particular um, started off his her speech with um, brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers. So, I mean, there's a trans person to not misgender them, uh, using those strict binaries that we must fight as per the head of uh, the library department at the Durham District School Board. Um, and I only just wish there was some other way that we could model tolerance and inclusion and respect to children without putting them in front of a grotesquely dressed caricature of a woman to read them stories. You know, like, is there not another way? This is the thing, Tamara. It's this obsession with the youth that this community obsesses yeah. about. Um, and, you know, I don't have any problem with drag queen performances. I mean, no. if you're at a, a bar and you're a patron, if you like it, hey, you know, that's your thing. Great. If not, you can leave. Um, mm -hmm. But coming into schools, coming into libraries two nights ago at um, uh, Scotiabank Arena, uh, they had a drag queen show and there, there were children at that 
uh, Leafs game. Um, this is what I am quite concerned about. And you mentioned, you know, the kind of materials that are in the school board libraries. I can't remember the title, but there's at least one book and the story. Identity. Line, yeah. Identity. Thank you. Yeah. And this is about uh, the themes in it are pedophilia and incest. It is about mm -hmm. a father um, having sex with his seven-year-old daughter. And, you know, and I can, uh, you know, I think the left is already considering that we're about to win the war on transgenderism. We have to look for a new, uh, you know, franchise to celebrate. And I think that's going to be pedophiles. Uh, Tamara, I already see a new word for pedophile because that's a little nasty, you know, uh, and that is intergenerational love. You see, so already the spin is taking place to make this a kinder, gentler uh, criminal offense, in my opinion. Um, but this is the thing. And also, this is a private member's bill. And the 99.99% of private member's bills go to the dumpster. They don't get passed. If the Ford government champions this and votes in favor, what a disgrace. Once again, this government <clears throat> has led us down, if that's going to be the case. Once again, Doug Ford is proving that, um, contrary to popular belief, he is not um, Rob Ford, the late great mayor mm -hmm. of Toronto. Yeah, and that's the thing that the parents are denouncing and protesting about when they're talking about the, uh, the, the the trans issues infiltrating the schools. I mean, this is overt perversion coming into our schools for very, very young, impressionable children. You know, I'm not even talking about high schoolers who have a more developed brain and are able to rationalize and um, think logically about topics from a more critical perspective. I'm talking about elementary school aged children. And this is never this is not an attack on trans rights. This is parents being concerned about the content and the appropriateness of the material that their children are being exposed to behind their backs, really. This is unbeknownst to parents. This is being done in the closed door of the classrooms. Good luck as a parent even trying to get into a classroom these days to see what they're being exposed to. You can't even go into your library without a predetermined appointment. So this, these are parents who are paying for publicly funded programs, publicly funded institutions with our taxpayer dollars who are expressing concern over the things their children are being exposed to at school. I think this is valid and it should be discussed. We don't need to attack these individuals and we're seeing that they are being attacked, right? Just recently at the um, Ottawa Carleton District School Board, which is arguably kind of that fourth one on the list that you talked about earlier about the school boards who are the most radically woke, yeah. um, police did nothing when a vice principal was there snatching phones out of people. Um, there were violent aggressors who are wearing masks to hide their identity intentionally. And police, yeah, here we have some footage here. And oh, they think this was just uh, this past Tuesday. You have this parent, I believe, I think that's probably her child in front of her there, straight up bullying someone because they don't agree with the sexualized content being made available in the library. These people all think they're protesting for trans rights and that the bigots on the other side are transphobes when that is not why they're there at all. These individuals with their colorful bright hair are being misled. They won't hear the other side and instead they're bullying them, calling them names as though this is some sort of, you know, play 
playground bully dynamic in front of their children. These are the aggressors, as we saw also with Billboard Chris last weekend in Vancouver. It's the other side that's being aggressive while they scream, love is louder than hate and trans rights are, are human rights. But that's not what the, uh, the people who are condemning this content and this push are saying that they're about. So the whole thing, I think, is just a really unfortunate misunderstanding that continues to escalate. But um, now you even have pastors and we have this other clip uh, to, to show you next. A pastor in the United States compares the plight of the trans community to Jesus and the Holocaust <laughs> after that Nashville trans shooting. So um, some of our viewers may remember, I think it was you and I, David, that discussed this uh, two weeks ago, maybe it was last week, um, where the Nashville shooter that killed, um, what was it, three three or four children? And, three children and three, and four three teachers. Yes. Yeah. And so now this this person um, was a I don't know what their gender ended up being, but they're a trans person. And um, the focus has been on on that instead of the, the shooting. But it speaks to the larger issue here, which is that there are many comorbidities that often encompass this gender dysphoria and this inability to um, to develop and determine your own identity, who you are as a person. And so there's a bunch of mental illnesses that typically coincide with this and learning disabilities, ADHD, there's a whole litany of things. And so this further shows that to be true, that this person was obviously suffering from a mental disorder. I mean, anyone in their sane right mind would not go into a school and shoot up a bunch of innocent children. That's horrific and absolutely appalling to even consider. So here, we'll just show you this clip of this woke pastor making the comparison here um, after this, this trans shooter incident in Nashville. This week, we witnessed yet another mass shooting, roughly the 130th this year, this time at a small private school in Nashville, Tennessee. And instead of focusing on ways this could have been prevented, such as gun control, a significant Mental number health of people support. have turned their attention toward the shooter's identity. Instead of focusing on the fact that the number one cause of child death in this country is now gunshot wounds, some, of, some folks have chosen to focus on eradicating trans people as a solution because they have been waiting just waiting for an opportunity such as this. They have been waiting for a reason, any reason, to stoke their hatred. Yeah, that was Mika Luigi, uh, they, them. Uh, do you ever notice, uh, Tamara, how the odds of somebody spouting insanity uh, goes up through the roof uh, when you see the gender pronouns next to their name, especially when it's a phony baloney gender pronoun like they, them, uh, that's plural. That's one person. Uh, you know, once upon a time, do you remember the story of Sybil? I think she had uh, 16 or 32 distinct uh, identities. It turned out later as she was faking it. But you put those people on a psychiatric couch uh, to get them better. Uh, if that fails, uh, 
they're institutionalized. But as you know, 50 or 60 years ago, we mothballed all the uh, mental institutions and asylums. And now these mm -hmm. people are out and among us. But um, this idea, I mean, if you go, if you look at what he said, um, he's comparing Hale, the shooter. And, and if you remember, by the way, uh, Tamara, when this Nashville school was shot up, the thrust of the mainstream media coverage in the U.S. was all the groveling apologies for misgendering the shooter because mm -hmm. uh, they were told it was a, a she that's gone he or is it vice versa. Even I'm confused. All I know is that Hale is now a blood stain on a sidewalk and uh, I'm happy for that. Uh, anyone that can co go up to nine-year-old children and blow them away uh, is a monster. So I don't mm -hmm. give a damn about your gender pronouns and your sexual orientation and your gender identity. You're a monster. So anyways, he goes on to say that's uh, Mika Luwagi, they, them. Um, he uh, compared uh, Hale to uh, Jesus. And he said that there are trans allies abandoning the cause. And those are just like Jesus' disciples who cut when things got hot. And then he went on to further say that what's going on against the trans community is akin to the Holocaust. Can you imagine? Mm -hmm. By the way, uh, Tamara, in light of that shooting, have you heard of any trans people being shot at or being brutalized or beaten up? It's actually quite the opposite at these protests as police turn a blind eye because they've had to endure trans train training, which means uh, if it's trans, it's good. And if it's good, it's trans. And that's why we see despicable behavior from the Calgary police, the Vancouver police, and the list goes on. Uh, by the way, I have an upcoming uh, monologue about the trans training Toronto police officers must take. It is going to blow your mind, folks. You will not believe what I've been able to uncover. But um, can you imagine uh, comparing a mass murderer to Jesus, comparing what's happening to the trans community, which is precisely zero, um, to the Holocaust? What are your thoughts, Tamara? Yeah, no, I can't imagine. And I mean, right in that clip, this person, I don't know if it's a he or a she, I don't really care, um, <laughs> says that they're eradicating trans people. Um, no, I don't. I haven't seen any of that anywhere. Again, this isn't about trans rights. The protests and the concerns that I have seen, that I've witnessed, that I've heard of from concerned parents and also from people within the trans community itself. It's that this is sexualizing children. It's being done under the guise of being inclusive, tolerant and, you know, catering to this trans ideology. But in fact, what it's doing is it is it exposing children to sexually explicit content that is inappropriate, in many instances, grotesque. And as I've already stated in the case of that book, Identity, it is overt perversion. And they want it out of the schools. And you can do that if you're so willing. And if you want to teach your children this sorts of things, then you can do that on your own time. No one's coming after trans people. No one's trying to impede on the rights of trans adults or otherwise. They're just stating that this is coming too far now. It's affecting their children. 
It's causing confusion. It's wreaking havoc on their mental well-being and it needs to stop. That's it. There's no attack. There's no one coming eradicating trans people. You're 100% right. And if you think that allowing biological males into female sports, into female prisons, if you think that's a display of equity and inclusion and tolerance and diversity, no, actually what you are doing is you're allowing misogyny to take root. You are attacking real women. And before we go to the ad break, why don't we just, if super producer Efren has it, Tulsi uh, Gabbard's uh, comments, uh, what a brave uh, politician and patriot this woman is, because just when you think that the inmates are completely running the asylum, Tamara, along comes someone like Tulsi uh, with her words on what is happening to real women today. Check out the bravery of this woman, folks. And that that's what's so dangerous about what we're seeing here is the weaponization of these these institutions that that should exist to serve the best interests of the American people, but instead are being manipulated to serve the political interests of the party that's in power. And and this is the the kind of warning signal to all Americans, regardless of what party you identify with, you maybe don't identify with one party or another, who you like, who you don't like, is this sets that precedent okay. of saying, well, whoever gets in power then has at their disposal all of these different federal agencies and law enforcement agencies to go after their political... Sorry about that, folks. That was about the arrest of uh, former President Donald Trump. Uh, we're going to try to find uh, the right clip. By the way, she's right on that, too. <laughs> she's pretty much right on everything. And, you know, it's good to see that it's coming from someone like Tulsi uh, Gabbard because um, the left can't do the demonization. She is a Samoan American. Her religion, uh, she is a Hindu. Um, so they can't play the whole white supremacy crap uh, when it comes to this lady um, and her opinions. And I think, Efren, uh, mm -hmm. do we have that clip yet? Or well, maybe we can run it after just, the ad break. Why don't we, uh, I'll read, we have a super chat here. Okay. So I'll read that while we search out the clip. And I have another clip, but it's quite long. So I thought maybe we could show maybe the first minute of it. But regardless, we have this ableist SL gives $5. Thank you very much. Regardless of how we rip control of the country from the globalist, the regressive left will remain an unnegotiable terrorist threat that must be dealt with via extermination. You know, I think that that is pretty extreme. Um, I'm going to state right here, right now, that I don't agree with any sort of um, ideation about extermination. I think that that is wrong. I think that that is equally as grotesque as what we see from the other side. And I think that the way to move forward in this is to be respectful, to uphold the cornerstone of democracy, which is respectful debate, conversations and criticisms, because as we see the left spiral into censorship, into legislation that directly hits on our constitutional rights and freedoms, our civil liberties, we must look to other ways to continue to uphold those cornerstones of democracy. Um, I, on this platform, live denounce this idea of extermination, and I don't agree at all with that sentiment. Uh, no, 100%. Uh, the answer is never violence uh, and death and extermination. Uh, that that's, that's not right. You know, Tamara, I've always said about the transgender community, you want to live your life as a man, 
live your life as a female, vice versa, um, go about your life in suburbia. But, hey, look, I love Halloween too. I just celebrated on October 31st. If you want to celebrate it every day of the year, I have no problem with that. I love freedom. But don't poach upon our kids. Don't have drag team, uh, dra drag time story hour. Uh, don't have filth like identity in our uh, libraries. Uh, don't bring drag performances into a hockey game. Uh, know your role is what I'm saying. Um, mm -hmm. Tamara, we should go for an ad break and we'll try to find that yes. clip. And uh, we'll see you folks on the other side. My mug? I know. It's pretty cool. So is this hoodie I got on and you could have it on too if you check out our special website at rebelnewsstore.com. That's where you can see freedom focus hoodies that we have for you, beanies, cell phone cases, you name it, all while supporting our journalism where we fight to bring you the other side of the story as opposed to, you know, being forced by the Trudeau government to fund leftist media out of your taxes. The truth is, Without you and your generosity, there is no Rebel News. So again, if you like the reports that we bring you and that we also fight for freedoms in Canada, please consider doing some shopping, picking up some swag at rebelnewsstore.com. We appreciate your support. Oh, hey guys, thanks for watching the live stream and sorry for interrupting, but I just wanted to pop on to tell you about this incredible sweatshirt that I'm wearing, but also all the other great merchandise that we have available at rebelnewsstore.com. We're adding new stuff all the time. So be sure to keep checking. Even if you shop today, there might be something new tomorrow. And if you are shopping, be sure to use the coupon code Sheila10 for 10% off at checkout. Again, it's rebelnewsstore.com. Coupon code Sheila10 for 10% off at checkout. Well, uh, we did not find that clip, but uh, if you go onto the Twitterverse, you can find it. Uh, just look for Tulsi Gabbard. Um, well, uh, so much more to get to, uh, Tamara. Uh, I see uh, CBC Arts has posted on social media uh, drag queens were hugely popular in World War One. Uh, remember them as the current war on drag intensifies. First of all, um, I don't remember that part of history of World War One. But even if that is indeed the case, they've dug up some archival photos of uh, a man pretending to be a woman to entertain the troops. And remember, this was an adult audience. This was not drag exactly. queen story time. This was not bringing the drag circus uh, to uh, Scotiabank Arena where there are kids mm -hmm. uh, trying to, hopefully trying to watch a hockey game as opposed to a striptease. Um, what, you know, what's so offensive about this again, Tamara, is our tax dollars are funding this vile propaganda. Mm -hmm. I think uh, you hit the nail on the head there, David. This is entirely irrelevant. It has nothing to do with the conversation that parents are trying to move forward here, which, again, is how inappropriate <laughs> and grotesque the content is for children, young, impressionable, elementary school aged kids. This was um, a drag show uh, apparently uh, being put on for adults, for uh, soldiers at war. Uh, this has nothing to do with drag team. Drag Queen Story Hour for children. These are adults. They could leave if they wanted to. Um, they could engage. They could not. It doesn't. It really doesn't matter. I really don't care um, 
but yeah, this is not surprising coming from our state broadcaster that they could uh, reach the depths of some historical records and dig up one impersonator that entertained soldiers yeah. out in the in the in in the field of war. Um, and, and Tamara, uh, I, I must say, since we're on the CBC topic, uh, you know, and they're all about tolerance and diversity and love Trump's hate. Um, oh my goodness. Tell me my eyes are deceiving me, uh, Tamara. There was a CBC freelance contributor. I believe she's based in Winnipeg. And she sent out a death threat to English internet personality Ollie London. And mm -hmm. she did so because he speaks out against gender ideology. I, I mean, so much of her tweet is profane. I mean, we, uh, I, I'd feel uncomfortable saying it uh, on air. But... Um, is she still well, we should uh, just with the C contributing to CBC right now? Yeah, I'm not, as far as I know, listed on the website as a contributor. Um, but we should let our viewers know that, you know, we, we're going to just read a small clip here of some of the profanities and disgusting death ideation coming from this journalist at the CBC, Carmen Asuna Acuna. Um, so just graphic content warning. We're about to read you a direct message from this CBC journalist at Ollie London, who um, is basically sounding the alarm. Actually, Drea Humphrey has previously interviewed him, one of her, I don't even know, they, them, um, about the harms of transitioning and how, the, you know, the detransitioning phenomenon now you're starting to see because we're so new in this game. But regardless... Um, this, I mean, the very first sentence from Carmen, this is a private message to Ollie London, says, I literally hope you f effing die. You are a piece of shit with nothing left in life. So you target marginalized groups and shed an awful and disgusting light on the existence of Asian and trans communities. This is a giant run on sentence. I'm actually surprised that this person is a journalist because they don't even know how to structure a sentence yep. with proper grammatical start stops and um, etc. They, you know, they say, I don't even know if the worst of it was published on this particular tweet. Um, I hope you are taken to a warehouse and tortured. I hope the plastic on your face burns and explodes and, and it goes on. It is absolutely horrific. The yeah. detail in which this individual expresses their, their giddiness in harm, this yeah. ideation of causing harm to this individual. I mean, this is grotesque. Um, so this is the likes. Oh yeah. There's another tweet further down that shares the last, Oh, the last few sentences, not even sentences, the last words of uh, this person, because all just one giant run on sentence. Um, I hope that they lose, you know, their job. I don't wish job loss on many people, but this is extremely unprofessional. And, um, you know, as, as it says in the one, the one photo there, um, if we can get back down to the second tweet, I think it is the CBC's journalistic standards and practices, right? There's a link on that, <laughs> that second tweet in the thread <laughs> under about the author. Well, I would this contradict or counteract the CBC's journalistic standards and practices? I would certainly hope so. Um, so I think that Dre is planning to follow up with Ollie and get an interview to see where things ended up there and if there's any future development. So for all of our viewers, please also stay tuned for that.
I'd rather Drea interview Carmen and find out if maybe she was high on something or inebriated when she, uh, I mean, like, like what you just said, Tamara, you know, for someone that's passing herself off as a journalist and you can't even structure a sentence uh, with the yeah. proper uh, punctuation, the, the fact that you have to fall back to F-bombs and other profanity to make your point uh, or you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe there's some nuance that you and I are missing when she says she he, um, that uh, she wants him, uh, Ollie, dragged into a warehouse and tortured. You know, oh. it's so perverse. We just said a few minutes ago uh, in response to a viewer uh, super chat that we're not about advocating violence and death to any person or any identifiable group. But it looks like the CBC's uh, freelance stable, uh, no problem there, um, you know, and, and this is uh, supposedly uh, fitting into their uh, standards, um, you know, qualifications. I, I just wonder if there's going to be any kind of uh, retraction, apology, what have you. If there isn't, we are really living in dark times where mm -hmm. you can... Uh, put out something on social media critical of the radical transgender movement and then be threatened with torture and death. And that's a nothing burger, at least in the eyes of the CBC poobas. Mm -hmm. Well, in the States uh, recently, actually, I think it was about a month ago. Um, one, you might know him or her again. I, I don't want, I don't get, I get caught up in these gender <laughs> Uh, pronoun things. I don't even know. It, it go, he goes by Scott Nugent. So I guess he's a him, but used to be a woman. Um, he or she has been a heavy activist against the medical transitioning of children, right? Again, we're talking about children, about adolescents. This isn't about consensual adults who have their brain fully developed and can make their own informed choices, which even this individual, I think she was 42 when she transitioned to a man. And even then she wasn't given the full informed consent over all the risks and the benefit of the procedures and the hormones and medications that he, she was given. Um, and so she took recently about a month ago um, to a press conference and basically called out all the mainstream media for not reporting on the harms being caused to people uh, in the trans community with medical transitioning and how instead they're just pushing this one narrative down everyone's throats. And it's a long clip. So maybe we can just throw to the first minute of it, because I think what he's saying is extremely important. And for anybody who's interested, you could go on to Twitter and search out the full clip yourself. It's on his profile, uh, Scott Nugent. And I I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, but I put it in the Slack, um, our thread here about the live stream. If we could maybe just pull yeah. up the first minute or so. No, we're good to go. Uh, my name's Scott Nugent. I'm a lesbian and I'm a trans man. But my most important role is that of a parent to three incredible children. I'm a mother, a woman who has given birth and carried life. I'm here today to put an end to the idea that Medically transitioning children is about human rights. It is not. It's about money. Market research predicts that gender-affirming care will generate more than $5 billion a year in less than a decade. The truth is, is that medical transition is experimental, dangerous, and it doesn't cure anything. In fact, your question, there's only seven studies that stated that medically transitioning children is beneficial, and every single one of them 
has either been modified with not enough time or participants or, oops, we were sorry. Yet these are the pamphlets and the studies that are still given to parents currently. And of course, society doesn't know that because you don't cover it. We now have children's hospitals all over Europe, halting and banning all childhood medical transition, calling it the worst medical scandal in modern history. Yet here in the United States, we have bigots everywhere. We have transgender people. We have gays and lesbians trying to talk. And people that are not trans and not gay and lesbian are calling us bigots. You know, that clip goes on. It's a really great clip um, and shares a lot of, spews a lot of facts in, I think it's about nine minutes and the full speech can be found elsewhere. But um, yeah, he, he really sounds the alarm on a lot of the concerns that parents are trying to express and being called bigots and transphobes for doing so. And Tamara, he touched upon the most important issue when it comes to the medical community in the United States, at least in terms of them being gung-ho for these kind of gender reassignments and in terms of threatening doctors who speak out against this with dismissal. And that is the money. You always follow the money. He said, I believe, yes. $5 billion, and that's US dollars, not Canadian pesos, folks. That's what this, this industry is worth. Because when you are slicing and dicing the genitalia of a person, when you are, you know, adding in all the cosmetic surgery procedures to make a, a man become a fake female and vice versa, those are six-figure operations per individual. It adds up very quickly. And you can see by, you know, the anger this person is expressing, you go through all of that, and then you find out, you know what? Your life hasn't radically changed for the better. Mm -hmm. You're still depressed. You're still in a dark spot. And the media never talks about people who are detransitioning, going back to the former sex they were. So this is wonderful to see this person calling out the media. They can't call this person a transphobe, can they, Tamara? <laughs> Well, no, that's just it. But I'm sure there will be some way that it can be spun. And actually, the rest of the speech goes on to further talk about the profits that Big Pharma is garnering from the use of these medical experiments. Yeah. Um, and, and the fact that, again, these children can't make a true informed choice. Their parents aren't even being given all the information in these one page pamphlets of the risks with very little benefit. And this this uh, Scott himself says that, uh, you know, he won't even live to see his grandbabies mm -hmm. because of all of the health effects that he has suffered. And he didn't start transitioning until he was an adult. He was already fully formed and functioning. Um, and so when you do these surgeries and treatments on children, we have no idea what the long term consequence will be. But some more of that is shared in that clip. Uh, we're running out of time because we have a trailer or sorry, a premiere to share with you about the latest latest Roxham Road a report that Alexa Lavoie and Lincoln Jay have yes. done. So I just want to quickly run through, we have a couple super chats and maybe let's just touch quickly on, um, 
the woke AI that Trudeau is promoting. But before we do that, we have a couple super chats. So Stephen 797 gives $10. Thank you. I always enjoy your show. Ezra's interview yesterday about trans activism, sorry, about how trans activism is a cult and DEI is based on Marxist doctrine. Learn more at newsdiscourses.com. All right. Thanks you know, for that, that little tidbit. That's a very important point, if I may, Tamara, that this all, when you drill down what's going on in society, when you have a U.S. Supreme Court judge who is herself female, unable to give a definition of what a woman is, <laughs> if I told you this 10 years ago, even five years ago, you, you wouldn't have believed me. But it is right out of the Marxist playbook. It is to tear down society tear down common sense, tear down our institutions and build it all back up in a Marxist utopia that does not exist. This is the far left movement on steroids. This is why we're seeing all this garbage in terms of the transgender movement. It all comes down to Marxism. So good point by the viewer. Yeah, thank you for that. And Fraser McBurney, our capital locks lover, gives us six dollars. Thank you, Fraser. They didn't have color film in World War One; they had it in World <laughs> War Two. I yeah. think that the color photo they were showing was just um, what do they call it? It was like a retouched photo. They add, they can go back into black and white photos and add it in. So I don't think it was necessarily um, the colored photo that was inaccurate, but. The whole storyline just, you know, it, it, it's irrelevant in my opinion um, because we're talking about children, not consensual adults. Yeah, I, I guess they, uh, well, I, wasn't it Ted Turner's company that came out with that colorization in the uh, 1980s? And for a while, it was so whiz-bang amazing. Like, oh, look at this. All these old black and white films are now in color. But you know what? Um, I think they look better in black and white, especially I, I saw a colorized version of a Three Stooges episode it didn't seem right. <laughs> so let's let's leave history alone, please. Let's stop tinkering <laughs> everywhere. OK. <laughs> oh, that's right. Now, just on the last topic, um, you know, I think we have time for two more, actually, because there is something in here that I wanted to really touch on. And that was the protest that uh, the Ontario Nurses Association did yesterday um, on the south south end of Queens Park. Um, we have a few Twitter clips to share with mm. you that were shared by the Ontario Nurses Association. And um, I just can't seem to find uh, them here in my list. But maybe we can. Oh, here it is. Um, so yeah, the province's nurses and healthcare professionals are, you know, basically trying to get the Doug Ford conservatives to pay attention that they're in this crisis. And so they took to the intersection of uh, college and university, which is a main artery there to get access to what's called hospital row. We have a there's a string of hospitals all along University Ave there. Um, and they lied down in the street with their signs and uh, blocked off the intersection. Do we have that that clip to share with our viewers? Got it coming up, Tamara. Oh, perfect. So again, I want to give. Oh, here we go. We have the the clip. So there's Queens Park in the background. Look at them. 
They're not a common commodity, but there's enough of them that they don't have to be at the hospital working right now. They can be lying in the street blocking traffic. I mean, isn't that why they invoked the Emergencies Act, blockaded the entire perimeter of Queen's Park in February of 2021 and froze people's bank accounts? Also, Tamara, um, first of all, uh, by the way, did uh, Premier Cherry Cheesecake uh, call out this group (laughs) as a bunch of yahoos? That's what I want to know. Probably not. Also, people who aren't familiar with Toronto, as you go south on University, where this protest is taking place, the the, uh, provincial parliament is on the north end. You're talking Hospital Row, uh, Mm -hmm. Sick Kids Hospital, Mount Sinai, and on down. And when you close off an intersection like that, if, God forbid, there was someone in an ambulance trying to get into a hospital uh, for urgent care... um, you're going to end up in gridlock. The ambulance will have Mm -hmm. nowhere to move. So wasn't there a big stink during the COVID lockdowns, Tamara, that they wanted demonstrators not to be anywhere near hospitals? Uh, There was that false narrative that they were preventing doctors, nurses, and patients from getting into the hospital. That was crap. I know it was crap because I was there to cover those demonstrations and they blocked nobody. They caused no impediment. They didn't do that. They didn't shut down uh, College Street. Um, And like I said, you look south, it's hospital row. That is despicable and irresponsible. And what a double standard we live in, right? If it's the freedom movement, uh, the mainstream media is condemning them on the front page. Mm-hmm. And I saw many, many instances where the freedom protesters outnumbered this minuscule protest exponentially. Um, so once again, yeah, it's not only a double standard, it's just more hypocrisy because the Ontario Nurses Association continues to fail to condemn vaccine mandates. So we know that there are a whole host of medical professionals, nurses included, and doctors who have been ousted from the profession completely due to the remained enforcement of COVID-19 vaccine mandates. It persists today. It continues despite the fact that the science shows that it doesn't prevent transmission and it doesn't prevent illness. This, these institutions, this union has failed to stand by their members who made their own autonomous bodily, uh, uh, upholding their own bodily autonomy and made their own medical decision. Um, so this is absolutely absurd that they're now lying down in the street saying that there's a, a, a crisis in healthcare. Well, why don't you advocate for all the healthcare workers that have been terminated, face job loss due to vaccine mandates, and even arguably prior to? With the mask mandates, we know that there are many individuals who struggle to wear a mask for 12 hours straight, which is what they're expected to do. And we saw, I think it was being coined, um, the, I can't remember the the early retirement, but there was a a word that was being used or a a catchphrase, um, the great resignation we saw through the beginning of COVID. And so that was, you know, the healthcare sector wasn't immune to this idea of the great resignation. People just couldn't keep up with the mandates, the nonsense, the BS, the rigmarole that they had to jump through these hoops just to perform their duties at work. Um, so where's the, the Ontario Nurses Association about any of that? No, they're just going to lay in the streets and pretend like there's a big staffing crisis when they yeah. could fix it. You know, and like I said before, right at hospital roll. And I mean, to take your demonstration 
talking points from Extinction Rebellion. This is the kind of crap they do, uh, Tamara. Uh, they block intersections. What happens is you see kilometers on every end of cars idling in traffic. By the way, those are the very worst emissions uh, you can ask uh, to come out of your uh, tailpipe. Uh, you, you really wanna be uh, driving at a highway speed. Those are the best emissions. So. Extinction Rebellion, which is all about, you know, getting rid of fossil fuels, you're creating a scenario by blocking an intersection where the worst emissions are being emitted by car. Like, I can't make this up, Tamara. It does not compute. Mm -hmm. and, um, no. and, and you're right to, for the point you were making. Uh, the Ontario Nurses Association won't, won't even address that topic about those no. people who were suspended without pay uh, for not getting the jab. It's despicable. Yeah, it is. It tr truly is. And we have another uh, super chat from Ableist. She gives $5. Thank you very much. Uh, do you support reprisals against companies who cater to the regressive left, including asset and stock transfer, fines, arrests, liquidation, nationalization, etc.? Um, I don't personally support those companies. I think that money talks. However, I also don't support the government um, intervention in that way. I'm very much believe that people should have the right to decide all various topics and, and various ways that they wish to engage in society or the outside world. Um, so I don't know what you mean by reprisals against companies. Do you mean government sanctioned reprisals? Because if so, no. Um, I remain upholding my personal choice to make a decision where I spend my money and which companies I support. Indeed. Now we're 202, so we have a premiere of um, this documentary. We did have a quick clip of Justin Trudeau that maybe we can just, we'll end the stream, we'll show you this little clip of uh, Justin Trudeau, but then we'll go right to the premiere of the latest Rocks and Road report. Does that sound does that sound good to everybody? That works for Hopefully me, our viewers. Thanks so much. Perfect. All right, David. Well, you give your outro and then we'll throw to this AI clip of Trudeau before and stay tuned to our viewers for the Rocks and Road Report. Well, I just want to say thank you very much again to Super Producer Efren and yourself, Tamara Ugolini, and to all our audience uh, who are celebrating either Passover or Easter. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Mm -hmm. We'll be back um, on Monday. Uh, no broadcast on Good Friday. So keep with the live stream uh, for the Trudeau clip. Uh, you're going to get some more inanity coming out of the mouth of blackface. Uh, so what else is new? And of course, the premiere of the Roxham Road uh, documentary. I'll be back here in this chair at one o'clock Eastern Standard Time. I think it's with Sheila Gunn-Reed on Monday. In the meantime, as always, folks, stay safe and stay sane. When uh, Canada hosted the G7, uh, the uh, large industrialized nations in, uh, in uh, Quebec in 2018, uh, we put in place, working with French, uh, the beginnings of the Global Partnership on AI that is focusing on um, ethical rules and principles around AI. And it's maybe simple to say, okay, ethical rules, how do you, how do you ground that? Well, you know, don't do evil is a good, good way to start, but how do you explain that to a computer. Um, well, grounding it in things like our Charter of Rights and Freedoms as, 
as, a, as an approach, making sure we're working with top scientists around the world around how the data is used, because AI needs two things. It needs brilliant programmers and thinkers. It also needs massive amounts of data uh, that is reliable that can be churned through. Well, the kind of data and the kind of programmers working on this, if it's all you know a, a um, non-diverse bunch of experts who all went to the same schools and all went to the same place and don't have uh, the intersectionality or the diversity of experiences to actually reflect uh, those things. Well, the, the outputs of the AI is, are going to be skewed in favor of certain communities or certain you know, power bases in this, in this economy or in this society uh, that will have better outcomes for some, which is great, for the people who already had the power and worse outcomes for others who are invariably um, further marginalized as soon as there's development. So it's not just about good versus evil, it's about making sure there's multiplicity of voices and experiences and languages and, and perspectives uh, as we train up these AIs to be more and more thoughtful.